0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm
1: Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the basket head. You get it. (laughs) Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby and share our thoughts with you and even play some games. Not playing games this time. Cosmo, what are we talking about? This time today. Tonight it's nighttime when
0: we're recording this. I don't know when you're listening to it though, so
1: could be early in the morning.
0: Yeah, this day cycle we're talking about weaving in player backstory. Um, if that sounds a little bit obtuse. Let's explain what we mean. Uh, we've already talked a couple times about like backstory, how to like write your player characters, how player characters backstory is a Can be a really rich cool thing and like why you should bother with it i think that was the last major episode we did is a why should you bother writing a backstory um this episode is about how to like take that stuff and like weave it into the narrative of your adventure weave it into your actual like gameplay in ways that you know make it more satisfying to have bothered in the first place we talked about why to bother I think the punchline of why to bother the, like, you know, the final point of that is it makes everything better because if you bother with it and you do a good job, it's going to come up in your adventure somehow. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about how to take that stuff and actually like weave it into the adventure that you're playing. Uh, We're mostly going to talk about game master stuff, but this is all, uh, this is all, this is all player focused. You know, the, like, how to actually do it that's on the Game Master to to implement, but we're gonna talk about some player-related backstory stuff and, you know, how to, I guess, how to, like, bait your backstory hook so that the Game Master bites on it uh-huh. and, you know, is like, okay, yeah, this is a thing, and then they reel it in and use it in the adventure, because that's really
1: fucking satisfying when that happens. Indeed. All right, so there's the synopsis. There's the, the abstract of the episode. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, an aficionado of,
0: uh, science. Yeah, of, of science research papers.
1: <laughs> science. Uh, so first we're going to talk about just, like, tools, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to pull some from other games, uh, some well-known games. Uh, and then we're going to talk about going beyond the player handbook. Mm-hmm. And
0: that sounds like a specifically D&D thing. It's not. We're, we're talking about going beyond whatever the, like, basic character creation prompts are for whatever system yeah. you're playing.
1: For whatever your system gives the players, how do you go beyond that? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to give some practical application on, like, how to utilize mm-hmm. the backstory. And this is, uh, you know,
0: how, how it, like, appears in your in your adventure... I'll say, again, that's mostly on the Game Master. But a lot of what we're going to talk about here is it has to come from the players. You know, the Game Master is the one who actually weaves it in. But, you know, you can't can't weave something out of nothing. You need to have the material that your players bring to you. So we're going to talk about both sides of it.
1: So tools, right? Well, we've talked about Torg a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And probably n- not near enough. No, nope. And we'll probably talk about it again, so get no. fucking used to it. <laughs> but uh, Torg did this cool thing with um, subplot cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torg had cards as a part of its uh, mechanics. Which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the drama yeah. deck and what an interesting yes. mechanic that is. But uh, for If you didn't listen to those episodes, right? Yeah. There was a deck that... Uh, facilitated some gameplay and, like, had mm-hmm. some mechanics with it and whatever, right? The way the cards were designed was pretty cool. They had, uh, they like, you turned
0: them over. They had, like, two sides to each mm-hmm. face. Um, and one thing was, like, prompts for that round of the encounter. They could, like, you know, they could put the enemies on the back step or could, they could make the players stumble or, you know, stuff like that. But then there was also another side of it that was a lot of just, like, interesting
1: narrative tools. Right, so a special kind of the Tor cards, uh, they were called subplot cards. And they were, like, backstory props. Like, um, you know, one of them was connection card, mm-hmm. right? The player that has this card... And they can play it to the game master and be like, hey, you have to... I have a in. connection now. Yeah, Like, oh, we're in, a, we're in a city, we're doing something. I have a connection. Somebody in the city... Knows me and is gonna help us out, or like, you know, oh, I have a connection that like, and then it was up to the game master. The game master could be like, okay, well, you know, one of the enemies from like your your soldiering days, and like you guys almost shoot each other, but then oh, you guys recognize, recognize, and then yeah, you gotten in now
0: or mm-hmm. whatever, right? There would also you know. There was there was like romance or like spot an escape or yeah. you know I, I don't remember all of them but there's or nemesis yeah. or you know mm-hmm.
1: which is the opposite to the connection yeah right? like someone shows up who's like oh they're mad at you mm-hmm. so it was a great way because it was uh, you have a whole player backstory you play the card and be like game master I want you to incorporate this from my backstory like romance like you know oh maybe it's an old love maybe it's a new love. Or yeah, connection. Maybe it's somebody from my past. Well, you know, connection's probably got to be somebody from your past. Yeah. But
0: anyway. Well, not necessarily connection, because it could be someone that knows you that you've never met before. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, or like knows of you. Maybe they like saw a wanted poster and they're like, "I could use this guy." So then mm-hmm. connection. But you know.
1: Anyways, it was yeah. So it was a cue for the game master to pull something from that player's backstory. And bring it into the session, mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily right away, but like late, somewhere in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, I mean, D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, got mm-hmm. so can we say Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, that- we, can okay. s- we can say Dungeons and Dragons. I know they're they're pretty tight on their their legal team there. It's so much bigger than ours. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so they have a lot of backstory, backgrounds, uh, mm-hmm. tools. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I would say uh, one, one of the first things we wrote when we were, when we were talking about this outline is up at the top here is that there are tons of these tools and all these systems. And generally they go ignored most of the time like you know D&D characters if you if you go to D&D Beyond you create a character one of the things it's going to ask you is your background and I like I'm having a bit of deja vu because I know I've talked about this not that long ago but I don't know if it was on an episode so I'll just finish saying what I was saying um one of the tools that we recommend using is like actually use that stuff. If you're going to take like the folk hero background or the soldier background or whatever, like it gives you stuff. And I guess like what, what, what I'm saying is do more than that. If you're going to take one of those backgrounds, because you mm-hmm. take a background when you create your character, stop and take a beat and actually like think about what that means mm-hmm. and like what your character did before that constitutes that background Mm. there's also there's way more than i'm a
1: folk hero mm -hmm. well how did they become that like yeah think about it you know write it out i would suggest it out, but you don't have to Mm. but uh you know like oh i say if you write it out it's easier to give it to your game master Mm -hmm. um so that they can
0: actually like make use of it somehow uh but yeah and there's there's more than just that. There there's all these like supplemental things for D D. There's like the Xanathar's guide to whatever and Tasha's Cauldron. Guide to everything. Yeah. Um I mean, no, that's Tasha's Cauldron. Fuck. Uh They might both be everything. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Whatever. Doesn't matter.
0: Anyway, like those those supplements have uh additional backgrounds and stuff that mm-hmm. you can pick and they have um, you know, just like they well, ha-
1: they have deeper versions yeah. of that. Xanathar's has origin tables, which there's a whole, like, system of tables, right? So, like, how many siblings does my character have? Mm -hmm. Well, roll for it. You know, what was their relationship with their siblings? Roll for it. Uh, You know, do they have any enemies out there? Roll for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some really great um, tools to help you flush out your character backstory and hit little points that are, you know, like uh, what Cosmo was saying earlier—hooks, you know, little little bait hooks for yeah. your game master to pull out. Yeah, to bite on and be like, "Oh, this
0: is a thing. This is a thing that I want. This is a thing mm-hmm. I can, you know, use." Um, the Xanathar's origin tables are also—they're uh, very closely linked. I don't know—I don't know if they were thinking of the same thing. But um, the the Witcher pen and paper role playing game has a very cool robust, robust um, like role generated uh, like character origin system where you know it tells you like what country you came from what your like social class was how you grew up if you were like a noble or a peasant how much money you have how many siblings you had what happened to them um, roles for like. Uh, roles for like ex-lovers and mm-hmm. and <laughs> nemesises who, you know, how did you meet them? Are they like from school? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, like someone who you fought a couple of times and now you've got a grudge? Are they, you know, like are they rivals for power from your noble family? That sort of shit. Um, and the way it's presented is something that you like roll to randomly generate, but you can also just like look through those tables and pick, and pick the thing that you like, pick the thing that speaks speaks to you.
1: Bro, sorry, <laughs> I don't. Right, so it's yeah, just because it says oh here's a roll chart, you yeah. know, roll a d six, don't mean you got to roll a d six. You can pick one or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Be like, I like that and I like that. It's you know, a la carte mm-hmm. backstory, a la carte.
0: There's also there's some other things uh, like when you're creating a character uh, with with like the D and D player handbook or if you're using D and D Beyond. Um, there's some questions that'll a- it'll ask you or there's some like you know some additional description things about your character that you can like pick from a list and some of those will like tell you what alignment that is if you're like yeah. you know what is what is this like. Uh, my My character has this temperament where you know like i'll you know I'll kill anybody to like get what I want or whatever if you pick something like that, it'll say like, okay, that puts your alignment over on like the evil side mm-hmm. and alignment is you know an often an often cast aside uh mechanic of d and d it's like it's barely a mechanic it's just a prompt but you know if you if you do something like that and you're like, huh that sounds like my character should fall somewhere on this alignment table. Maybe instead of brushing it aside and being like, well, alignment's not that important. Because it's not, really. It doesn't actually mean that you have mm-hmm. to you know, play a certain way. But maybe let it...
1: Maybe maybe try to do the opposite. Maybe actually let your alignment tell you how you play. Mm-hmm. And, well, at the time of recording this, um, Wizard of the Coast... Recently came out and changed... Yeah, they've made some changes to alignment, and they've said that, like, you know,
0: being from a certain background or Mm. being of a certain species no longer strictly dictates alignment. So, like,
1: that's why I don't... I never really liked the alignment system, just because I thought it was... a. It was too easy to get hung up on. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, well, I'm a this character, so I must be this alignment, so I'm going to play like an asshole. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't have to. Like, you could be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Or you could, you know, like, you could still be... You could still be evil. Evil, and
0: you could, you know, just like, you could have a common goal with mm-hmm. your party and then still not be an asshole or whatever. I... I don't know. Well, so like... Alignment... What alignment reminds me of, and this isn't, this isn't meant to be a, you know, an in-depth analysis of the idea of alignment, but uh, I just... I don't know. I, I feel like its usefulness has been limited and getting away from it is maybe the right idea, but also there is use to be had from
1: it. Well, I just think that... I think the changes are good because people weren't recognizing... The point of alignment, they they uh, they got it wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where you use it as like a strict code, I I think it's you know more loosey goosey. It could be a guide and like, oh, what would my character do in this situation? Oh, little girl crying. Like me personally as a player, like I kind of you know I'm getting some you know emotional pull to you know helping this you know child
0: see what's going on.
1: However, my character is chaotic evil, so, like, where's the good in it for me? Mm-hmm. Okay. You could still talk to the girl and then be like, oh, hey, so I need some payment, Yeah. right, to find your parents or, or you know, whatever the fuck. Um, but, like, I feel like it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm chaotic evil, so I'm just going to kill her. And it's just like, eh. Yeah, that's... <laughs> is that really... Is that
0: really a reasonable right. thing for a character who lives in the world to do? But that's but that's never what being evil aligned meant.
1: No. Yeah. So you know.
0: Yeah. I uh, the the thing that seems useful to me about alignment seems like it's not useful for role playing a single character. The way I think about alignment, I think about it in a much more like zoomed out sense. I imagine like Warhammer Fantasy battles the major factions can be kind of organized along alignments of like order and chaos mm-hmm. and they they even really leaned into that when they when they nuked warhammer fantasy and started age of sigmar mm-hmm. they organized everything into grand alliances mm-hmm. so there's the grand alliance of chaos order destruction and there's another one that i forgot because i don't play the game but um You know, big, high-level fantasy factions. Alignment seems to really, like, click with that idea. You know, like, the forces of chaos coming down from the north to, you know, bring the apocalypse to this world. Because destruction and chaos is the thing that they, like, worship. And then the forces of order, or, you know, lawful, if you want to put it in D&D terms, are opposed to that. Because they want to, you know, like save people's lives and preserve civilization. Mm. That's that's how I've kind of always thought about alignment and when it applies to player characters in a role-playing game where you're controlling a single character, it's always been like, eh, not that help like too broad. Mm. Too broad to be really helpful. Yeah. So maybe I'll walk back the idea that like, you know, if something <laughs> in your if something in your DD character creation prods you towards a specific alignment, I would still say, no, maybe it doesn't have to. But whatever. Wasn't meant to be a long discussion about alignment. That was our section about talking about tools from other tabletop RPGs Mm. to come up with the hooks for player backstory that your game master can use. Mm. Um, The next little thing we want to talk about is going beyond the player handbook. And remember, this is like the player handbook in a disambiguous
1: sense where Whatever your system gives yeah. the players for their player creation and like, oh, this is how the world works, uh, that's mm-hmm. what we mean. Yeah. We don't mean specifically. So going beyond the idea of like a set background
0: or mm-hmm. an alignment or uh, a rolled table that says whether or not you're like a peasant or a nobleman, going beyond those things into more specific uh, more specific quirks of like personality that make a character unique mm-hmm. that's that's what this next part is
1: uh, and also just like oh the table doesn't have what I want right so talk to your talk to players talk to your game masters you know be like hey man uh, so I was looking at the backstory like section of the of the rule book here and like what if I want to be this? Like, what if I want to be a witcher who is, like, giving up being a witcher? Mm -hmm. Like, that's my backstory. It's like, I hated it. I always hated it. Yeah. And so I don't want to be anymore. So I'm going to, like, I'm going to get married and open a tavern. But they keep pulling me back in. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's my backstory. It's like, I have a good life I'm trying to get back to. Mm -hmm. But they won't let me. Ooh. That's a fun thing. Because it's definitely, we've definitely
0: talked about it in real life. I know it's an idea that has circulated on the internet. I don't know if it's ever made it onto the show before. But yes, it has. We talked about it with Sharif, about how, like, well-adjusted characters Mm. do not become role players. Yeah. Characters with something. They don't become adventurers. Yeah, they don't become, sorry, Yeah. yeah. Human players become role players. Yes well-adjusted characters in a fantasy world or a real world or whatever Mm. they don't become adventurers you become an adventurer because of something wrong and then more wronger stuff happens to you and you deal
1: with it um so
0: i lost my train of thought
1: so the backstory could be you're trying to be a well-adjusted character yeah 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 right yeah reverse of that so like buck that stereotype yeah because
0: it's pretty universal that, mm-hmm. like, you know, you go adventuring because you're mm-hmm. young and like stupid classic, or something bad
1: happened to the you. The classic meme is like, oh, my, I'm a rogue, so my parents are dead. You're right, right. you're right. And maybe your parents are alive. Right. And you're well-adjusted. You're, like, you know... You're just a shithead who, mm-hmm. like, likes sneaking out of your mansion. No, 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 you don't. Um, you don't like it. But they keep pulling you back um, in. That's the idea. It's we, like... We had two different thoughts. Yeah. They pass each other. They yeah, wave hello. You know, and but they... Mine wasn't looking.
0: <laughs> I I was thinking that like, you know, maybe you you know, you grew apart on the street, but then mm. you know, despite your rogue class, you became, you know, a fantasy something. You became a you fantasy became a, merchant,
1: like well the respected merchant. Yeah.
0: You're like, Oh, I run the butcher shop in this, you know, quaint fantasy town but then, you know, like the people come mm-hmm. from your old life yeah. and mm-hmm. they pull you back in and you know. Like, you are well-adjusted and happy. Mm. But then, they're like, come on, one more job. That one more job we thing. We
1: know so many things that could ruin you. Yeah, You have to do this. Yeah, shit. All right.
0: One more job. But then that puts, you mm. know, your whole life at risk. And that's, ooh, that's fucking drama.
1: Yes. And, like, that leads us into the, the small quirks thing, right? So, like, this character is trying to have a good life but keeps getting pulled back into it. So, like, what do they do every time they're back in town? Now that they're on the adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, every time they're like, oh, could you send a letter, you know, to to my husband? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, make sure they're safe. Or, like, here's some money right, for my family. And then, you know, if you have a good game master and they're doing what we're talking
0: about in this episode, the weaving in, they're going to take something like that and be like, they, they might take that idea... And turn that into the climax of maybe not the whole... Excuse me. Excuse excuse me. (laughs) had a hiccup. Maybe not turn that into the climax of the whole campaign, but they could use it as, like, a major story beat where... You You get a letter back. You get a letter back, but you're like, oh, something's wrong. Maybe someone, like, kidnapped your family and they're trying to, like, Mm -hmm. use you to, like, get you out of the adventure. So now you have to, like, do a one-shot that is about, you know saving your family, getting them somewhere safe, because as long as they're in danger, you can't continue. And that's, you know, that's the game master taking something that the player came up with, then, you know, using it to create drama in the adventure, give Mm -hmm. the players a reason to care about what they're doing. Um, Love it. Yeah. Uh, Next one that we have here, which I, I really like, it's very fun because I used to play hockey a lot, a pre- or Mm -hmm. post-combat routine. This is fun. So, like, you know, they always, like, put their boots on or, like, they get dressed in their armor Mm -hmm. from, like, left to right or something weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Having something like that, because then, or, you know, like a ritual that they have before battle, a luck ritual, or an uh, an after battle, like, prayer thing that they do. Because then those that's additional opportunities for like drama based on character stuff, mm. where the game master can disrupt it He'll be like, yeah. "You always get dressed this way every Wait, but morning." You
1: can't cause ambush. Yeah, you're half dressed. You know,
0: like uh, 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 like a fairy came and like stole your stole your
1: boot, mm. so stole
0: like, your socks. Shit. Like and you now can you're like your
1: boots on, but yeah. like y- y- your socks. You're all
0: messed up now, and you know, like maybe it's not a big deal, but you've You've added a wrinkle as a game master. You've added an interesting wrinkle to the combat encounter when they're like, shit, I I feel out of sorts
1: because I didn't get to do my mm-hmm. ritual. And, like, then, then maybe they spend an action like, oh, I need, I need a new pair of boots because mine's stolen. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of just killing this guy and running off mm-hmm. to help my friends... I got to take his boots. Yeah. And then, you know, the friends are like, what are you doing? Or the next
0: time they get to town, you know, they're like, hey, we need to, like, talk to this lead. We need to follow up so we can, like, do the next part of the adventure. And you're like, sorry, I can't yet. I need to handle this, like, boot situation. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, yeah, using things about, like, who the players are, the backstory mm-hmm. that you've come up with, like the, the, the quirks know, that make the them unique characters. Quirks.
1: Turn into great role playing when you dangle them out there for the game master, and the game master bites on them
0: and says, mm-hmm. "Yeah, uh,
1: boots are stolen. How are you going to respond to that?" Yeah.
0: Um, our next bit is the uh, the idea of asking questions, and I think uh, I would add this is mostly in character. We're talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about questions that characters can answer in character, and so uh, first thing here is like in character talk to other characters but like ask them questions about who mm-hmm. they are because in character answering that stuff in character is going to reinforce the idea that like right this is a thing about my character
1: and not like, just a thing that i wrote down mm-hmm. on a character sheet mm-hmm. the moments for that are like in in the downtime mm-hmm. right like oh you guys game master talking as a game master you guys are like traveling from from the town to the forest. All right. Uh, hold on. Uh, Game Master, I ask uh, I ask Cosmo, uh, hey, so like, how much did you drink in town last night? Mm-hmm. And then Cosmo would be like, oh, make an answer. Yeah. Like, oh, well, my character,
0: hmm. And at first, you might feel a little on the spot, mm-hmm. but you have some tools that'll give you an answer to that. You're like, okay, so my character is, uh, I don't know, Say they're say they're a dwarf. So like in fantasy it's a well established sort of trope that dwarves are heavy drinkers. Mm. And you're also like also I have like the soldiering background. So, you know, when I was when I was like a young dwarf serving my like first tour in the dwarf army, that's when I developed a unhealthy alcohol <laughs> habit. And in addition to my natural species predisposition to it and they're like yeah okay so i drank pretty hard maybe i spent some money and i don't feel great you know
1: right and then my character could respond maybe they're you know a young buck who's like yeah i'm a lightweight i only had like two ales last night but like you you can uh, teach me how to drink sir it's <laughs> the war sir drink. yeah right and then you know they're my drinking master great- role-playing where, like, oh, next time you're in town, like, let's go drinking together or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it doesn't always have to be focused around, you know, drinks and drugs and whatever, but... Yeah, yeah. but those But you know, you know, those stuff. are fun, easy examples. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the other one that we have here that I really like is for the game master to ask characters how they feel about something. So, you know, as a game master, you're going to be describing scenes, and you're going to be, like, narrating, you know, the moments in between encounters and stuff like that. Um... A cool little thing is if you know if you think there's a hook about someone's character that you can you know like pull out and build into something bigger ask them how they feel about mm-hmm. this thing that they see or this thing that happened and you know kind of prompt them to answer in character like yeah. how does so and so feel about this thing that he just witnessed or you know how does so and so enjoy the music here and then they might mm-hmm. think like hmm my guys
1: you know my guy doesn't care for
0: this sort of music. He's He's got this, like, hang-up. Right. Like, oh, the song he, yeah.
1: is about a great victory of, you know, one of these barbarian clans. And it's like, actually, I have some ancestors on the other side of that victory yeah, that, like, got mm-hmm. massacred. Maybe I don't like it. Mm, I kind of want to punch this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um.
0: We already kind of so we were given some examples and we were already kind of like saying our next, mm, uh, our our next uh, major section of this episode, which is how to actually utilize, yeah. um, how to utilize
1: the the backstory stuff. Right, ask questions should have been in the how to. That's how you utilize it: yeah. is you ask questions. Ask questions about how they feel right. and have them answer in character. Mm, and. So we're in in uh, strategies, right? So ask ask questions, and also um, like if it's something that you can't ask a question about, or you want somebody else to ask the question, you gotta put the bait out there, mm-hmm. right? So like consider like the slow burn, where you don't all you don't draw attention to it, and be like, okay, this is session zero. Everybody look at me because I I want this to be a thing. But just, like, make it consistent. So, like, for example, I think I've used this one before in our previous episodes, uh, you know, like a pipe, mm-hmm. right? Have have your character pull out their pipe and smoke it before, like, oh, they, they answer the question, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I got to ask a question? Hold on. Mm-hmm. My character pulls out their pipe yeah. and lights it. You're like and, like, and then you know, in character, you can be like, mm-hmm. "Well, hmm, that's kind of like a heavy
0: topic. I'm gonna yeah. need some, I'm gonna need some fortification before I get into that." And then they, you know, they pack their pipe or they, you know, mm-hmm. they order their favorite drink, yeah, before they get into it as just like you settling into your mm-hmm. character to you know role play this answer and whatever.
1: and that's it then like you don't need to make a big deal out of it but like you just keep bringing it up or like maybe they have um, a favorite piece of jewelry that mm-hmm. like you know is ancestral or whatever so like they always oh you asking me an emotional question well I like I fiddle with my ring Mm-mm. you know before I answer you know I, that's what I do when I think because yeah. I like touch my ring and you know fiddle with it Right. And then like uh, another example of like bringing it up in a slow burn. Oh, you guys get washed down the river. And then first thing you do is like, oh, is my Where Did my ring survive? Like, do I still have my ring game master, sir? Mm -hmm. That lets the game master know that the ring is important to you. So maybe the game master's like, hmm, "Hmm, maybe they lose the ring." Yeah, maybe they lose the ring and then
0: like maybe they could even see
1: someone wearing it later. You yeah. Know?
0: Maybe not if it's lost lost in a river. That's a bad example cuz yeah. You know, when the, the when, up. <laughs> when the ring was lost in the river, it was lost for like 2000 years. Yeah. But um you could lose something in a fight mm-hmm. or, you know, my hat. Maybe your like rooms in the inn got broken into or something, and then later you see someone with one of the things you lost. Mm. Right, and like
1: it could be. And that's something
0: a game master yeah. can do to your players. Mm. As a game master, you can do that to your players in order to you know reinforce the things that are unique about their characters, the backstory that they came up with that is deeper than just you know I'm a, a half half elf ranger. Yeah, they're like okay. That's not that interesting. No. What are the deeper things in that that make you who you are? Mm.
1: And, like, it doesn't have to be material possessions either, right? Like, um, Dimension 20 is another role-playing podcast. Um, Which apparently we're plugging for free. We're not plugging dime it. dime of advertising money. I guess we are plugging it because I just said it. Mm. But, um, not as good as ours. <laughs> oh. Uh right. no respect, respect. What what happened in, in Anyways, Dimension Twenty? Um, so one of their one of the characters and like they're professionals, right? Um, but one of their characters didn't know who their dad was, and you know they're all comedians too, professional comedians actually. So yeah, fuck off. Um, but like every important NPC, they'd be like, "Are you my dad?" And yeah, you know, it's probably funny, like because it always came up and. Then once it came up enough, you know, the other players started to recognize it so their characters could respond to it, you know, anticipate it and be like, mm-hmm. you better not ask him. Yeah, you better not ask him. <laughs> He's not your dad. Right. <laughs> and it just, it just led to some, you know, some backstories. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who my dad is. So I'm going to ask, you know, everybody and then, you know. That's where Let's the say, slow burn is. Don't I do see so like everybody. how
0: uh, specifically that could be a little obnoxious, but yeah. I think the you know so the core tenet of that is a little bit of repetition. Yeah, repetition, repetition. and consistency. That's the point I was trying to. Which make. is the idea of these things, these like affectations that define your character. They don't actually, unless you consistently do them. Mm-hmm. So you know, consistently repeat the things that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that kind of are definitive for your character.
1: Yeah, and like if you're struggling to as a player, kind of if you're struggling to like, how am I going to fit this into the game? Well, start thinking about start thinking about it in your everyday life. Be like, oh, how would my character? you know do this like okay so they they touch their ring every time right there's an emotional question so like you know when you catch somebody asking you an emotional question or just a question like how was your day you like touch your ring yeah, and, you like, do a little answer fidget. is your character <laughs> right just get in the habit of it and then you see those opportunities uh more sometimes when we talk
0: about this player stuff um I feel like we're getting really close to uh to like advice that should be on an acting podcast, but mm-hmm. I've never done any acting or any theater anything really. And I'm uh, like huh. Are we like are we talking about a completely different thing sometimes or are we Maybe. you know. I know. I just, Maybe we should try I'm, and find yeah. some
1: actors and talk to you about this stuff, some theater kids. Maybe. I guess what I was just saying is method acting, right? You know, live Well, right. Character. That's kind of a thing yeah, that you're yeah, describing. Yeah. But oh. like, I've never been an actor, so I've never had an actor coach, an mm-hmm. acting coach,
0: and I've never like been recommended or told not to method act. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like it's a whole world I don't know anything about, but it definitely intersects with this hobby yeah. in a way that, you know, we haven't really explored that much. Mm-hmm. But also, how could we? Because, you know, that's a space that we're not in. Truth. Um, so game masters. Yeah. So this this next sort of main thing, and this is kind of the last thing, is that was all stuff for players to like put out there. Now as a game master, you're you you you've started the adventure, right? You've got your characters. They, you know, created your players created their characters together. Everyone, you know, like worked hard and came up with interesting stuff, and now you're like into it. Game master, Mm. you got all these like hooks dangling off your players. Yeah. What are you going to pull on and how are you going to put it in your game? We've already talked a little bit about some of the ways you can do this, but Mm. we have a few more things to talk about. Right. Um, So
1: your players did a lot of work mm -hmm. coming up with a backstory. And you can take things from that, right? Your players should come up with like, why are they there? Right, uh, you know, throw that in the story, oh, uh, I'm there because you know I'm a shitty street kid who's never had a family, okay, maybe this veteran party can be your new family, so like, what are some family things that I can throw in there, like you know, let's role play a meal together. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually did um basically exactly this in a in an adventure earlier, well, no last year uh, last year if you're listening to this on time um, where the, Warhammer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Warhammer one so um, was was running the adventure for you know our, our core group um, and Taylor who was on the show a couple couple weeks ago he had a he had a cool character who was um, basically lying about his about like his whole identity in a really fun way where there was uh, there's this like faction in the halfling community in the uh, in the Warhammer fantasy universe and he he read about them in the background and he came up with a character who was like really wanted to be a part of it, but wasn't, because he was kind of just like a degenerate scumbag. But since he was off alone adventuring in the world, he lied about being a part of it. So, you know, I took that idea that like found family sort of aspiration and the the impetus for the main quest thing that I gave them was I had, you know, his family that he was lying about being a part of, they heard about his deeds and just assumed he was like a cousin they hadn't met yet. I sent him a letter to his character. I sent a you know fake letter, a handout, but... But Um, in the
1: game, it was a letter. In the game,
0: it was a letter to his character from his family, the family he was claiming to be, who he hadn't met yet and didn't actually belong to, being like, hey, we've heard of your, you know, successful exploits. Come to this party. And then at the party, a bunch of shit went wrong. But, But it's like, hey... We heard that you're a part of our family. Yeah. Even though it was a lie. And then, you know, that was an interesting... So, like, he he brought that. He was like, I'm lying about who he is. His his friends didn't know he was a liar about that. His party mates, you know, his the players, all the players knew that that was what his character's deal was. But in character, they didn't know that. So, it became a thing where, like, they had to pretend. And, you know... His, his friends didn't know that he was pretending. He had to kind of just fake it until he made it in a fun way. <laughs> and it, uh, you know. I, it I feel added like it, a layer. Yeah. Like didn't. There was no. Um, he was already role playing a character who yeah. was lying about who he was. And then I put him.
1: Well, there was no kind of a high stakes. The story. Like, yeah. There ended never, up not being never right.
0: got thrown out of the party or anything. Right. But, but he did have to like lie yeah. about it and he had to stick to that lie and I thought that was a fun thing to do because he started out making his character being like I'm lying about who I am like great I'm going to make you keep doing that because that's a cool idea and it increases the drama in every encounter and yeah I think it worked really well so as a game master take stuff like that when your players come up with something like that
1: hmm. bite on it Put it it on the board for Game Master, mine your player's backstory. Mine your player's
0: backstory for NPCs, enemies, locations, quest hooks, just, like, anything. They're gonna come up with that stuff, and if all you deliver to them is what you came up with, why'd they bother? Mm -hmm. So,
1: like, one, it makes them feel more included. Two... You have to do less work. Yeah. Because they already came because, up with it. Because
0: they did it for you. Um, another one... So, you know, faithful listeners will remember my brother Enzo, who ran the uh, Time Vane Spooky Western. Yeah. Uh, about this time last year. It was it was running. Um, he is currently running a Dungeons & Dragons campaign for us. And uh, so, when he first told us he was doing that, there was... I think, like, a three-month gap between... Because he work, he does seasonal work in Alaska.
1: Yeah, yeah it was, he told us in, like, high summer and, yeah. you know, then he came back in the fall. Yeah, yeah,
0: So, in the time between him, like, first telling us the adventure that he was going to do and, like, giving us our sort of character creation prompt, he still... He had to go back to Alaska and finish his season. And... In that time, I came up with a character. By the time we were getting ready to start, I was already, like, bored of that character and coming up with another one. <laughs> um, but then I was like, well, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be. So I just, like, I printed out a character sheet and I sent it to him. And I was like, this is a character that my current character knows. You can do anything you want with it. You know, you don't have to use it in your adventure. <laughs> but... You know, I like I, can I can't play. I'm not going to play hard over. Well, you. I'm not going to play two characters at once. Don't tell me you didn't accidentally write <laughs> an extra character one or two times in your life.
1: No, I made up a whole family and shit for my my character of the Yeah. of the of Enzo's D&D thing. So, you know, I'm not necessarily <laughs> expecting him to
0: do anything with it, but I was like, you know, I came up with both characters, but I I only have one that I can play. So I was like, well, this other one hates the one I'm playing, and I'll just give him to the game master. He can do whatever he wants with him. He might not use him, but if he chooses to, then that's a cool enemy we might fight or, you know, an NPC who we might, you know, get into something with. with. Or, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Like, as a game master, I would absolutely love it if my players delivered that much. Like, if my players did that much work for me, that'd be a f- that'd be awesome. And I would love to work that in. Um, Your game master, you know, it might not fit with what they're coming up with, but there's no harm in being like, hey, check out this. I, you know, maybe you do the Witcher um, uh, origin generator tables, Mm -hmm. or maybe you use the Torg deck to be like, I have a, um, I have an ex who's like really (laughs) jealous and like they're hunting me down or something. And like, if you're going to do that, why not you know, write it out a little bit and then just pass it on to your game master and be like you can use it if you want to I think that's cool because your game master doesn't know everything about your character you know everything about your character but it absolutely stands to reason that the stuff you come up with for your character exists in the world that your game master is weaving for you mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of this episode Weave. weaving it in to the adventures that you play
1: Um, I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Yeah, I I think that's strong. If um, if you take back
0: to the title, if you take nothing else from our podcast, and you just listen to this one episode, just listen to those last like forty
1: seconds. (laughs) And but too late, you already did. Joke's on you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't think that does it. Right. So we talked about. The tools from other role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, the tools that... Well, so we're not talking about a specific one, but the tools that
0: pen and paper role-playing games have yeah, for yeah, character yeah, creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we
1: have some tools too, kind
0: mm-hmm. of. Uh, <laughs> we talked about going beyond the player creation, whatever the player handbook is, whatever mm-hmm. game you're running. We talked about going beyond that and getting deeper. Right. You know, Maybe Which that again, that feels, feels like some... <laughs> it feels like yeah. uh, acting coach language yeah. again. You know, what's your motivation? What's uh, right. I don't know all the acting terms, but
1: motivation, oper- nope, that's crime. That's
0: crime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> motive, opportunity, and means. <laughs> uh, that's different. But yeah, so you know, we talked about we talked about tools. We talked about going beyond the player handbook in whatever system you're using. Um, and then we talked about how to actually utilize those things in gameplay, how to weave them into your adventure. We talked about that from a, uh, from a player perspective and from a Game Master perspective. And
1: that's really all we, all we wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Uh, as always, you can find us at 2 HGM. Dot com. Mm-hmm. He said it really clearly there because we think maybe the
0: reason we've gotten low traffic for the last year is we've been butchering <laughs> yeah, our web address. We've been we've been uh, mush mouthing our our web address in every outro. <laughs> so we said it really clearly this time so that you can find us. You can find our uh, you know feedback form. Our uh, email us you know whatever you're thinking. Talk to us. We don't care. Tell us anything you want. Um, we also have our Twitter link there. We also have our Patreon. If you like what we do, we have a very uh, modest uh, mm-hmm. we have very modest patron plan. But you get to join us on Discord. You get to talk about yep. more stuff more often, um, and uh, have access to some exclusive content with our other patrons. Mm-hmm. We
1: and we do play favorites. The yeah yeah the. the... <laughs> The earlier you join, the more. The more yeah,
0: the more favorite you are. Um, <laughs> we also have some fun products on Two HGM. Uh, not least is the Eclipse Engine, a free pen and paper role playing game that we wrote a while ago and that we've used a lot. Um, comes with character sheets. It's just completely free. Download it. Do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing I like a lot about it. It has a cool death death spiral mechanic for combat instead of like hit dice and health points. Yeah. Um, you know, you like that. We also have RPG Light, A super easy just like narrative role playing prompt
1: mm. basically. And, and we, 10 minute dungeon. 10 minute um, dungeon. So it's got... Well, it's like an intro to yeah. role playing, right? You know, you sit down with some friends. Ten minutes later, they understand and are into the you've, into the role you've playing. You've fought a
0: troll, or you've uh, you've you know, like rescued a you've rescued a princess from some cultists, and it literally happens in like ten minutes. You just have a quick fight, but it teaches you the rudiments of a role playing game mm-hmm. really easily, really fun. Um, uh, lastly. As we've been saying, keep an eye out. We are hard at work on Afterlife, our pen and paper, our, 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 our original, setting. you know, our setting for our original pen and paper system. Um, we're revising the system. We're writing uh, cool, you know, flavor and adventure prompt stuff for doing A little art. Yeah. Doing some artwork. Maybe paying for some better artwork.
1: <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah. <You> know. <laughs>
0: We've both done some art, but, you know, like, I was going to say, any decent artist would admit that there are better artists than him out there. Yeah. And we're not even that decent. Oh, (laughs) I am trash. Um, But yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, We're looking for an October, November-ish release sometime around our uh, anniversary or maybe around Halloween because we like to do Halloween festivities. But um, yeah, that should be cool. That should be fun. Keep an eye out. Uh, Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hillows Finest as the intro and outro to our show. We'll see you next time. See you next time.